Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for people who really love cake. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched The Matrix Reloaded. Yeah, we did. It's one-two punch. Matrix, you can't watch The Matrix and not watch The Matrix Reloaded, you know? Oh, I know, Cody. That's what I said to you. You said, let's just watch one. And I said, no. <laughs> you got to watch all of them. Yeah. And here we are. And you're happy here about it. I wouldn't. Not. What? You know, I did it. <laughs> I here, did what okay. you asked. So let me, let me. Here's the thing. Let me let the people. Let me. In a rare. In a rare moment. Let me. Let me part the curtain. Show people all the business that's happening behind the scenes here, right? Oh, wow. I texted you, hey, The Matrix might be a good one to do, because the new movie just came out. Mm-hmm. And we had talked about possibly doing some more series. Serieses. Yeah. You pushed back on it. I said, we got to do it at some point. And then the next correspondence we had was you saying... All right, I watched the first one. On to the second one. And I was like, oh, he's doing... Oh, okay, I guess we're doing it. And then you texted me... Was it the same day or the next day? Two down. And I was just like, oh. I need to watch the movies. You didn't know what you were getting yourself into. I was not prepared. I threw it out there as an option. You were like, oh, no. And I was like, but we're going to have to do it eventually. And then you went horde. And watched them so fast. And I was like, oh, no. It, here's what happened. What happened was I mentioned to Bailey. She was like, sure, we can watch those. Because she thought the trailer for Matrix Resurrections, the newest one, looked good. She was like, sure, I'll watch those. And then um, I got sick. It's probably COVID. And so Ooh. I've canceled all of my plans this week. So like every night I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. We can't go to that thing. They're like, all right, well, let's just watch Matrix. And the next day I was like, yeah, I can't go to that either. I'm like, oh, cool. Let's just watch Matrix 2. So it kind of just went, you know? It just went. It happened. I've seen three Matrix movies. I've just got one more to go. And we're here. And we're doing it. And I'm proud of you, Cody. Tyler, do you want to (laughs) explain? Um, Do you want to give a rundown of what The Matrix Reloaded is all about? Matrix Reloaded, Cody, is a film mm. about the Matrix, all right? It's a continuation from the Matrix of the story of the Matrix, where there's the Matrix, and then there's not the Matrix, and people flow and move between them both, uh, and there's a war between the machines and the man. Mm-hmm. Uh, much like in Terminator, <laughs> to, which is an, a completely unrelated film franchise, Cody. <laughs> that's just what the man wants you to think, all right? That's what the FBI wants you to think, all right? What the U.S. Attorney General wants you to think. <laughs> so, uh, they, uh, yeah, their movies, they're, it's about Neo and his friends and their romps in the Matrix. That's really what it is, Cody. Mm. It's a team of friends and their adventures in the sense of solve crimes. Let me let me ask you. (laughs) Yes. Have you seen? I know you've seen Matrix One before. Before we did this, these reviews. Have you seen this one before as well? Yes. I've never. I've seen bits and pieces of this. This is my maiden voyage. Actually watching the thing. Oh. I just knew the reputation was that they weren't as good. And so I was like, I'm not even going to bother. You know, why spoil it? Mm-hmm. And uh, I watched it. It doesn't spoil the Matrix for me, but I will tell you, it was a bit of like a, a what's the word? I kind of had to trudge through these movies. <laughs> there, was, there, so were, there were a couple times where like we stopped the movie. It was getting really late. And we're like, well, we should just finish it. We're like, oh, there's a whole hour and a half left. I don't understand. We can't do it. So, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't... 
this movie wasn't great for me. That's just my, my first take, my first impression. How was it for you? I love these movies, Cody. I think, here's my hot take. I think Matrix Reloaded and Matrix Revolution are just as good as The Matrix. And people that are like, they're not as good are just whining for no reason. They have the same quality action, the same quality writing, the same quality actors. Everything's the same. All they do is expound on the world. They don't, they don't like add any, like, there's no, they're just like, here's the beginning of the story to the end of this story. So here's mm-hmm. my thing. People that don't like these two movies don't like The Matrix. Oh my gosh. And that's all there is to it. You don't <sighs> like The Matrix as a world. That's what it is. Wow. Wow. That is a strong take on these movies. I mean, it's like here's the thing. Take. It's like, I'll compare it to Star Wars, where people are like, the prequels ruin it. They're the worst. The prequels are part of the story. They're part of it. They don't add anything. They don't change anything. They're just a part of the story. So if you don't like the prequels of Star Wars at their core, you don't like Star Wars. Because the prequels are Star Wars. You cannot like the love story in 2, which nobody likes the love story in (laughs) 2. All right? We all hate the love story in 2. You cannot like parts of it. You can think the twins are weird in this movie. But if you don't like the core of these two movies, you don't like The Matrix. That's all there is to it, Cody. You're saying thing. You're saying words, and I just don't think you understand the implication of those words. You know, that's like, I don't like The Hobbit movies, so I don't like Lord of the Rings. But I love Lord of the Rings, you know? But here's my thing. Why don't there you can like be the good Hobbit and movies, bad Cody? movies in a franchise? You know what I'm saying? There can be. But what here's okay. what I'm saying. The Hobbit movies, okay, part of the problem is they're very different from The Hobbit. Mm-hmm. So they do fundamentally change some of that stuff. But also, oh, wow. people don't not like them because they don't like the stuff. They don't like them because those movies were a train wreck. <laughs> they were a train carrying garbage trucks and everything's on fire and it runs into a sewage plant. All right. That's what they are. But it's still at its core. It's still Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I mean, like wrong about that. Uh, all right. I mean, look, I'm, we're going to have to get into this. Like we're going to have to, have to convince me, I guess is what I'm saying. Okay. I'll try my best. I'll do my best, Cody. Oh, Cody, hop on, clamber up on my back here. Slink up here. Slither your way onto my back, all right? Mm. <laughs> yes. Make that sound go, mm, as you <laughs> slither up onto my back here. <laughs> and I will fly us over to Spoilerton, USA, all right? Do I even need to ask if you want me to go first? <laughs> I mean... I can go first if you want me to, but I feel like you could go first and I could rebut all your, I could, I could re all your butts, you know? Right, right. But do you need me to go first? Do you want me to go first? I don't need you to go first. I don't need you. I'm an independent, strong boy. Uh I'll do it. I'll go first. How about that? Okay. I know you like to rebut. I know that it gives you pleasure. Are you ready? I'm ready. First note, the first this movie started the moment it started. Aside from me being very confused and not sure if I was watching the right movie because these movies all have the same very similar titles. Don't worry, I figured it out. I did watch the right movie. The first thing I thought was, "Oh, bigger budget." All right? That's immediately apparent. All right? The first shot opens up and it's Trinity and they're doing the thing and there's the giant explosion and it looks like a real like Hollywood kind of explosion. I was like, "Oh, they went out and did it. Like, they went out and got the cheddar. They got the moolah. They had the dead presidents to make this movie bigger and better, effects-wise, right? They went hard. That was the first thing, which is, like, it's so hard because sometimes sometimes the first movie, it just has that charm, has that spark, that lightning in a bottle, and you worry, you know, what happens when the suits get involved? When Agent Smith comes in and gives you a pile of money to make the new movie, 
You know, it's like, are you going to have the same heart? Are you going to have the same soul? What I'm saying is this movie looks better. Like, it looks like it's like the other, the first one looks like it's shot on like, it's like a, like indie film cameras sometimes, you know, almost. And this one was just like, no, this is like a full-fledged, big money box office behemoth. We're doing it. We, we put the resources behind it. Uh, big explosion. You know what I'm saying? So... Let me, let me, I, this is something for you, Drew, but <clears throat> is it just me or do they play it fast and loose with the neck holes? You know, they have the holes on the back of their neck and that's where they were plugged into the matrix and that's how they plug into the matrix in their chairs. Sometimes it seems like they're just like, we didn't have time, <laughs> like for this scene. It's not on in this scene and shut up. No one cares. And other times it's there. And it just seems like sometimes you like, you're seeing all at the back of Trinity's head and you're like, I see it there you know I'm like doesn't matter I guess not it just bugged me you know just seems like sometimes they're like neck hole and other times they're like shut up about the neck holes no one cares dude all right I'm gonna say it I'm just gonna say it I do care about the neck holes all right I want to see the neck hole show me your neck hole all right that's what I have to say about that matrix peak 90s matrix reloaded peak early 2000s let me tell you they came in here and they did it all the things that were good about the early 2000s they were like we're dialing up to the nines and we're doing it here all right that's what i thought let me tell you crystals are real people crystals are back okay this movie someone hands someone a necklace and it's next to a crystal and i was like we're here we're in it the matrix is powered by crystals and i need more crystals in my life so i have i have the power i need to plug into the matrix. Am I wrong? Obviously not. Crystals are real, people. All right, get with the program. They're here again. They're playing fast and loose with the neck holes. The Oracle, I feel like her lipstick changed three different times in that scene. All right, sometimes it looks more like lip liner. Sometimes it looks like a full coat of lipstick. And I was like, I see you, all right? I see your lipstick changing. Pick a lipstick and stick with it, all right? If you're going to be in one scene, you can only have one lipstick, unless that scene is a scene where you're putting on makeup and you're putting on different lipsticks, all right? Those, I, I don't make the makeup rules. These are the rules. They're set in stone. I'm sorry. That's just the way it works. I have a question. How much that Agent Smith scene, what did that cost, you know? Like, to... Photoshop that many Hugo Weavings into one, like what, how much did it cost? I just have to know how much it cost. That's what, okay. Bowling ball sound class. I don't understand what the point of it was, but they put it in there and everyone talks about it. And I guess we have to talk about it. Why was it a bowling? They knocked him over and they were like, bowling ball sound. What was that even about? And you can say this is the same as the first Matrix, but... There were no bowling ball sounds in the first Matrix, and I don't understand. Was it a gag? Was it? I don't know. You're going to have to tell me about that. <sighs> I know we've had our riffs with the French, okay, on this podcast. Maybe it wasn't fair. I don't know. Who's to say? But let me tell you <laughs> what is not fair. I feel like it was offensive what they did to the French in this movie. They came out here... I forget the, the Marja Vertolulian, whatever his name is. And they made him like the most offensive caricature of a Frenchman I've ever seen. I can't tell if he was a good villain or just an offensive portrayal of the French. I was like, this guy, he can't do that to France. He can't do it to him. I Look, we've had our riffs, but I, I side with France oh, on this Cody. one. I'm going to have to cut you off here. All right. Uh, hold on. I got to finish typing a thing. But don't you keep talking, all right? Sit in silence, Cody. All right, that's enough silence. Uh, how do you spell you offensive? Go? O F F E N Siv. There we go. Just uh typing out a note for myself you'll never get to know what it is all right oh are you ready goodness. for me to rebut cody yeah i'm ready 
Okay. Put that away. Now you shush, Cody. I'm going. Okay. Here's the thing, Cody. The holes are removed in the first movie during when they pull them out, but they're back on everybody, and they use them for like so. Which okay, so they keep one for like IVs and stuff. But they show them removing them, but they're also still there in the first movie in some scenes too, and not the second. Anyway, the second movie, all the holes are back. That's all you need to know. Okay. The neck holes, they're there in spirit, all right? That's all you need to worry about, all right? Stop worrying about whether or not they're there. They're there in spirit, okay? Also, there is no offensive portrayal of the French because they are offensive, Cody. So you want, if you want to accurately portray them, you have to be offensive to accurately portray an offensive uh, uh, species. I don't know. All right, Cody, let's talk about that. You're talking about how much did it cost? Cody... Sure, some of the fights with with the guy, you know, I don't know. The effects cost a hundred million dollars. Is that what you want to cost? Is that what you want? Is that, what is that the Zion rave? All right, the okay. I will. I'll give you this, Cody. I will. The Zion rave is akin to. It's akin to the love scenes in Star Wars too. Star Wars Episode Two. Okay, where it's just like this is weird and seems like it's going on for a very long time. You know what I mean? Took a thousand extras. All right, and there's dudes, and they're flicking and flopping their sweaty dreads everywhere. Could you imagine if you got hit in the face by a big knot of sweaty dreads or got a drop of that sweat in your mouth? That's You're dead. That's super COVID at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're, you're not recovering from that emotionally or spiritually, okay? Could, this is a... Okay, here's the thing. Okay, this movie, it expounds, they go to Zion, you get to see that a little bit, all right, you know, everybody loves it, all right, it's an underground city, here's the thing, I don't know what people wanted from the city, but <laughs> I guess this isn't what they wanted, but at the same time, it's like, people are like, they're like, oh, it's close to the core, and I guess they wanted them to go in and it'd be like, oh, it's a super future city, these people are living like rats under the ground, all right, in old sewers, what did you expect? You saw these people on this ship. Why did you expect the city to be any better? All right. Like, it's not a great existence. Okay. But they're free, Cody, and they get to have raves in caves. All right. They're all high all the time from those fumes coming off that cave. You see those big fissures where it's like the core. All right. And they're like, I did like how they're, uh, they brought. One of the things I like, Cody, and I'll say this, is they put the context of, like, the Neo and the One thing. In the first movie, it's like, oh, everyone believes this. And Morpheus is, like, the like the one that's supposed to find him, you know. That's why he's, like, all about it. And so, but I like in this one where they're, like, any religious thing where it's like, yeah, not everybody believes this. So there's, like, certain people in positions of power that are like, this is a stupid thing to pin all of our hopes on. Which I like because that's more realistic. And some people are like, I don't like it. And it's like, well, you're you're nerds. That's what you are. You're nerds that you wanted the green stuff to come back. And they're like, we're going to show you what it's really like. We're going to show you the reality of it. It's like Valorant or Valorian or whatever. Cody, it's just a slice of life story. That's all it is. I don't know if that. I've never seen that movie. But that's what I Considering most people say it's a boring movie that looks pretty. I'm assuming it's an indie slice of life movie. Okay. <laughs> Here's my my biggest problem with people that are like these movies are not the are so much worse than the Matrix is like it's nothing's changed except for that Neo is cockier, all right? And he the lines are le, are like they try to be quippy and they do not nail it most of the time. Nine times but like people are like it's so much like cringier. How dare you, sir? It is not. I get all of the outfits and the way people act is no more or less cringy in this movie than it is in the first one. Everybody is like how I imagine the like goth kids that were also in the theater department that wore a lot of leather and the mirrored shades and stuff, how they thought they looked. It's the same. All right. This is the same. It's the same concept. Okay. You know, plus we get uh, the counselor guy, the the old guy. He's just a treat, you know? He's my favorite character in the whole series, right? Cody, look at me. And you get uh, you get Lawrence Fishburne giving his speeches. You get that, Cody? You get the little... You get some... Uh, you get some other characters in there. You get a little love story with uh, with uh, with Lawrence Fishburne, you know? You know, you, would, you didn't get that in the first movie. 
you thought you didn't need it, but you got it. All right. So it's it's just such a good movie, Cody. So I want to I want to cut you off. You said some stuff there that I just here's the thing. I think you're right. Like the caves and the Zion is like pretty accurate to like you know based on how they were in the ships, and it's like you know it's just like the civilization we're trying to survive, right? Like that's fine. Here's what I don't want to deal with. I don't want to go to sci-fi movies to have to deal with like politics and bureaucracy. <laughs> when it comes to, like the council stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like we have to sit here and be like, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Like some generals in charge, like ah, whatever, you know. It's like, oh, what, you know? That's not. This is the thing. This is the difference of these movies. And like, I hear what you're saying, right? Like, the tonally, it's pretty similar, and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the difference is like. In the first movie, the scope is so much more focused in where you're like, oh, who's this hacker dude? And you're like, oh, whoa, mind blown. Matrix is a thing. This is crazy. So it's cool. And then when you come and you zoom way out and you introduce like more characters and stuff, then you're like, I don't know if it's just easier to poke holes in it or what. But like my thing about these movies, the next two and three, is that... I don't know, you zoom out from, like, this crew. And granted, in Matrix 1, a lot of the crew dies, so it's like, oh. But then they have to recast one or two people. Or, you know, like, they obviously don't get some of the actors back, so like, okay. Uh, like, you know, like the operator who didn't die, you, know, you thought died in Matrix 1, but then you're like, oh, he didn't die. And he's able to beat the rat guy, you know, the guy who sold him out. He just isn't in this movie, and he's, like, one of the best parts of the Matrix. You know, so it's like, oh, you have to introduce this whole slew of new characters you're not as attached to, like, I just feel like this movie would have done better just to focus on like Neo, Trinity, Morpheus and not like introduce all the new storylines. I feel like they tried to make like an epic, you know, like Lord of the Rings where it's like, okay, and it's this whole war and there's, you know, there's all these different characters. We're going to follow these people for a while and these people for a while and these people for a while, you know? And I think that's where it kind of gets lost. Which I mean, they introduced, so a lot of things, here's the thing too. (laughs) You bring it up a good point because this is something I hear from a lot of people where they're like, it gets too much. But like, most of the things people bring up that they like introduce here, like the war and all that are introduced in the first movie. Mm-hmm. You just don't. And you see the, the Sentinels and all that in the first movie and they look mm-hmm. the same. So the only thing that's added is like this one. They're like, here's the city. They're attacking the city. That's yeah, the only like level that's really added. Here's, here's what I would do to fix these movies. Yeah. <clears throat> what I would do you know, because they really, it's one movie split into two. Yeah. And it runs into the problem that all movies that are split into two run into, right? Like the end of the second, the end of Matrix Reloaded is like, oh, okay, so what are we going to do? And it just feels like Matrix Reloaded doesn't resolve itself very well. Like I would just say like, hey, take the first two acts of Matrix Reloaded, take the last act of Matrix Revolutions, make one two and a half hour movie, in and out, take out all the extra new characters you've added. Let's just focus on the Morpheus, Trinity, Neo thing, because those are the characters we're attached to anyway. Let's just do their main storyline. If you want to show a little bit of the battle, if you want to show just like to be reminded of what they're fighting for, fine. But I don't need like an hour-long fight scene. This is going to revolutions, but you know, I feel like this movie is all so heady where it's like everything you know about the Matrix wasn't really right. It goes even deeper than that, okay? And it spends like the whole movie explaining the whole conspiracy. There's some kind of kind of wacky fight scenes, whatever. And then it's over, and you're like, oh, we gotta figure out what's going on next. And the next movie is like, oh, you're the whole thing, blah, 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 whatever. I just want it in one. I want it in one piece. I want the Morpheus Trinity Neo stuff. And you can kind of leave behind all the other extra stuff you added, you know? Yeah. That's how I feel. That's how I feel like this could have been improved. Now, I will tell you this, Cody. You you asked about the, you know, how much did it cost to do all of the... Uh, Smiths? The Smiths. Those are real guys. That was all... Yeah. 90% of that was practical. Right, but they saw it a Photoshop his face on them. Only on a couple of them. Not a couple. No, no. But here's what I... Here's Most what of them just said. had, like, glasses and looked <laughs> similar to him. Only, like, the ones you really see their face. Yeah, they did a casting call to be like, hey, 
if you will look like Hugo Weaving, yeah. come in and do this action scene with us. Here's my thing. That scene took 27 days to shoot. Yeah. Okay. Four weeks. We're talking all of February, okay? Your whole February is booked out. It's you fighting Hugo Weaving and like 20 dudes who look like him <laughs> in, in varying sequences. That's crazy. That's wild. Bananas. And here's the thing about that taking a month. I didn't like that fight scene. <laughs> so that's my, you spend a whole month shooting that. And then you spend a bunch of time like going in and putting his face on all the close-ups and blah, blah, blah. I yeah. didn't like that fight scene. Which that one I think is interesting because that's one that they've like pointed to is they didn't try to make it look super real. They tried to make it look like a computer simulation. It looks like it's in a, it looks like a video game cut scene in a lot of like of the era of that we, era, you know? Yeah. Which I mean, they even say like that was a choice. Like they could have made it look more realistic. It still would have not aged well, but they were like, if we go for it and try to make it look real, it's not going to age well. So let's, make it be like, no, no, this is obviously looks like you're looking at a video game or something, like you said. I think what's interesting about the first one versus these, and it, it, it does just go back to the scope thing, because in the first one, it's like, hey, you see an agent, you run, right? Mm-hmm. No one's ever faced an agent and lived. And then the whole thing is, okay, they get out, but then Neo's like, no, we got to go back for Morpheus. And so they do, Neo breaks the barrier, he can manipulate the matrix. He is the one. It's great. Like, it's great in terms of, like, it working as an action scene because it's like, hey, you can't face these guys. Oh, he is facing them. He's doing, you know, and, like, how is he going to survive? And it's because he's the one, and it's great. And so I just, le- it's a lot of one-on-one fighting. It's a little bit of, you know, it's like, oh, agent, you run, you know? Agents are super strong. I feel like, I don't know, <clears throat> for as much as it is fantastical, it is still kind of grounded in that, like, hey, it's me and Mr. Smith and we're fighting. There's going to be a shootout, and it's going to be over the top and cool. There'll be bullet time, or there's going to be, like, one-on-one wire fighting, kung fu, punching people, putting dents in walls. And then this one, it's always hard with the sequels, right? Because you have to you have to go bigger, right? Or they feel like they have to go bigger. It's like the motivation in Matrix 1 is so clear because it's like, hey, we got to get Morpheus and get out. Oh, you're the one. That's awesome. Whereas this one, it's like we're going to have a fight scene. I don't know fight 90 dudes at once it's like yeah. i don't know it's it didn't it didn't carry the same i guess it was the it, what it was supposed to carry is like oh mr smith is multiplying himself mm-hmm. but i get maybe like just the virus. scene went on too long or it wasn't like a scary scene it was just like oh well neo's the one he can take him on and so it's just like him taking him on still i don't know i, I don't know what's missing but it felt like matrix one had that like element of oh get in get out the agents are scary oh you're actually fighting one but so I, I guess that's what's missing for me in this movie is it's like, oh, I know Nia's going to kick your butt. So, yeah, I like the <clears throat> imagery of, you know, like in the first one, Smith calls Morpheus, he calls humans a virus. Mm-hmm. And in the next two, because really the Matrix Reloaded and Revolutions really are like, because I watched them back to back. I honestly yeah. think watching all three of them back to back to back. Mm-hmm. makes it for way better. Like, if you break it up, it really tanks. Which, they even say, like, they meant to release Revolution, uh, Reloaded a and few Revolution. Weeks after, right? A few weeks after, right? few weeks. Yeah. And it ended up being a few months, and they were like, I think that made it suffer. Because people were like, well, that mm. sucked. <laughs> and had to wait to see the next one. Because it is yeah. like, it is, they did not do a good job of splitting the one movie they got too big into two movies. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas... Like, you know, you have to give some kind of closure, whereas this one's just like to be concluded, you know, as it ends. Yeah. Which is like it's cool, it but it's feel like its own movie. Yeah. It is it well, feels like the first episode or something, you know. This also would have come out just after Kill Bill, I think. So it was probably trying to I feel like everyone Kill Bill's the only movie for me that splits into two parts and works well. You know, everyone else is trying to ride that high and I just don't think it's ever been done. Yeah. But because the problem is they're always trying to split, sto- you know, like trying to split things that are one cohesive story into two. Um, yeah. 
which which is really hard to do, especially because it's you know, oh, Harry Potter seven part one part two, Mocking Jay part one part two for Hunger Games, and this one's like oh, Matrix. Uh, I guess we got to do you know, the Matrix sequel. We got to wrap up everything part one part two, you know, and I just. I don't know if that's how it works, you know, because it's always like this is a trilogy, but really it's one part and then the second part, you know, like it's just it's weird to split part two into two parts. Yeah. Whereas Kill Bill at least is like, no, I'm planning on doing one movie in two parts. Yeah. You know, I don't know. And it's simple enough, at least Kill Bill simple enough where it's like, oh, we'll do kind of a reveal at the end of Kill Bill part one and then. Kill Bill Part 2, which, once again, only came out a few months later. I don't know, man. Yeah, I mean, I think the most, in, like, recent times, like, Dune had this, where they're one book, and they're splitting it into two or three movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the movie suffered, just like every other movie. Like, anytime you try to take, like, your original idea for a story and split it up, it, there's a reason it was one book or one story before first and then mm-hmm. they got split up is it's like this isn't a good spot to split it right but i do like like plus i think some of their choices like a lot of people i know kind of see like the smith fight and assume it's all cg when they're like mm-hmm. no we got real guys like it's all practical with just a little bit of cg to make it look like like we took a practical thing and tried to make it look like it was in a computer rather than try right. to just do it all computers so i think there's some of that stuff which the older it gets it's just going to be looked at worse and worse <laughs> when mm-hmm. just certain ideas didn't quite work out but i like one of the things i do like a lot is that to everyone but neo an individual agent is still a huge threat. They didn't do the Dragon Ball Z thing where it's like, oh, Krillin can take on a Saiyan now, you know? Right. It's like, no, no. If an agent shows up and Neo's like out of the picture, which happens during like the chase where there's Mm -hmm. the Merovingians, cronies, and the agents, Mm -hmm. and they're like, they're running basically because that's their only option is to run. And -hmm. it's like Morpheus can fight an agent or these other guys, but it's really just like, I'm going to fight you long enough that I can escape or Neo can show up and kill you because it's like, mm-hmm. I can't win against you guys. Yeah. And also Morpheus is like the best of the non Neo people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he's the only one. So everybody's just focused on getting Morpheus to be in between them and the agents. So I do like that. They kept those stakes in the scenes and they found a way to, even with Neo's like unlimited power, remove him from that chase scene. Cause once he shows up, it's over. Like he just grabs him mm-hmm. and zips, zips away as fast as he can. Yeah. So, and it shows him fighting like six agents at the beginning. And even though they've been upgraded, he's like, yeah, no, you guys are nothing to me, which makes sense. That fits with his, like the fact that he can manipulate the matrix and they have to obey the rules of the matrix. Um, but so that's something I personally like the movie for is showcasing like there's these other people and the things where it's like if Neo could just do all these like they even mention it like oh Neo can take all those things down no problem and he's like mm-hmm. well he can't because there's just not enough time for him to get from there to there and then back to here even he's not fast enough so we have to like do this as a team yeah so, I personally there are vampires in this universe that they just tackle vampires too. That's too much. Well, I like. Well, that's some, I actually like that where they're like anytime it's a ghost or a vampire or werewolf, like all these legends and stuff are, you know, it's something. It's a program doing something it's not supposed to be doing. Mm. So it's like, oh yeah, you know, like a one go- thing that's. One thing that's kind of weird about this one too, I feel like in the first one, I really liked like what the use of blood, like when you see them in the chair and they're getting beat up and he's coughing up blood, like I feel like it's perfect, you know? And then in this one, I feel like there's like no blood. And then I feel like in Revolutions, there's blood again. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, I don't know what happened. There is some stuff that I do definitely feel like they're like, 
I feel like most, especially in these ones, more so than the first one, they make the cool choice rather than necessarily like the best choice. Mm. They're like, what looks the coolest? Oh, Morpheus giving his speech with all the little holes, like all the little sockets on him. That would look cool. Mm. And I'm sure somebody was like, didn't we have a scene in the first movie where they were like removing 90% of those sockets from Neo? They're like, yeah. Shut up, nerd. You're fired. You know? <laughs> yeah. Which I saw a, uh, like a quote or something where it was an interview with the uh, director of photography where he was like, this movie, like shooting these two sucked because it was like, everything oh, was I was going to, I was going to read that quote. Yeah. You should read that one. If you well, have I, handy. If not, I don't have it. it. I don't have a handy. So you, you go for on. it. I have a handy AF. <clears throat> or I lost it. Here it is. So it's, um, this is the director of photography. Everything that was good about the first experience was not good about the last two. We weren't free anymore. People were looking at you. There was a lot of pressure. In my heart, I didn't like them. I felt like it should be going in another direction. There was a lot of friction and a lot of personal problems, and it showed up on screen, to be honest with you. It was not my most elevated moment, nor was it anyone else's. The Wachowskis had read this darn book by Stanley Kubrick that said actors don't do natural performances until you wear them out. So let's go till take 90. I want to dig Stanley Kubrick up and kill him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, yeah, like reading that, it definitely seemed like this one in the first one, it was a very small budget. It was them and it, like a passion project of them versus this one was the Wachowskis with more money and kind of being like, oh, we got this. Like, we're the guy, you know, we made the Matrix. Like, we know what we're doing. When in reality, they should have been like, we don't know what we're doing. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of wild. I don't know. I did see that they um, they turned down directing Batman Begins. Yeah, after I just their experience that. with this one, which is interesting. I have a question about the twins, which I know everyone has questions about the twins. Yeah. I don't. What happened with that? Like, are they albinos or are they in whiteface? Like, is this the Wachowskis' answer to white chicks? Did they see white chicks and they were like, you know what? We kind of have to have something like that in our Matrix movie. I don't know what happened. Do I, you know? Is it just people wearing white makeup to make them look albino? I don't understand. I will I want to know. I'll find the actors while you tell me more of the stuff you hated about this movie. I have a question. Here's what. This isn't, this isn't about the movie. It's more about our response to the movie. <clears throat> right? So Neo goes and he meets with the architect, right? Who's the guy who created the Matrix. And he's like, eh, you're just a part, right? Like, you're just a result of matrix you're an anomaly you're sort of the remainder left in the equation the matrix and the whole thing is he's like yeah this is not the first time this happens all the time like this is the cycle that it goes through and so it's neo in like a billion tv screens of like his other reactions of all the other times he's happened or the things he will say or whatever it is there's one of just keanu reeves giving the middle finger like close up in the camera why is that not a meme like why have we not memed that still frame of Keanu Reeves dressed as Neo with sunglasses just doing the finger. I'm mad. I'm mad that I haven't seen it in meme format. So that's my that's my next complaint. It's not really about the movie. It's more about us as a people. I feel like we failed a great meme opportunity. I mean, you're right. I feel like we Thank as you. a society, we're not ready. You know? Yeah. What? Oh, Neo saves Trinity's life, which is an interesting story thing, right? Because Trinity saves Neo's life in the previous one, right? She gives him a kiss, and he comes back to life after being dead, yep. and he gets killed by the agent. And in this one, Neo, he reaches in and pumps her heart with his hand, and here's my problem with that. Like, he could have just done CPR, right? But he had to, he had to show off. Yeah. I think he's too arrogant in the matrix you know what i'm saying like do the cpr do the chest compressions like you don't have to be a dick about it that you can do you know what i'm saying also like you're reaching someone what do you you know are you gonna just go through the rest like i thought he was gonna pull her heart out or something you know like by accident 
Yeah. But then they wouldn't have been able to do the cool, like, uh, x-ray vision thing, you know? That would have looked stupid. That's what you don't understand. All right, so I can confirm these brothers are not albino. They're just two brothers. Just two brothers. Just two brothers. Just two brothers. Did they have any other credits or what's their deal? I mean, there's a couple. Like, they're not super prevalent. They are both, like, black belt super martial artists, which I feel like is kind of a waste since most of the time they were just kind of like Terminator walking towards the the people and didn't actually do much fighting, and they seem like they're actually like fairly skilled martial artists. So they should have done more fight scenes. For a movie that like spends a lot of time and effort training their actors in martial arts, they didn't do that much martial arts. You're right. Yeah. They were just kind of scary little ghouls. Yeah, I didn't like them. I don't. Does anyone like the twins though? I think yeah, anyone they were about it. like even me who likes these movies. I mean, I would have been fine if it had just been like these two guys are really good at fighting or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's like I didn't really need the oh they can face through things or like if they had been just really good at fighting and like hard to kill I feel like that would have been better than what they did like some of the choices like the fact that he's got like a straight razor is like it he doesn't go for the straight razor often enough for it to be like oh that's their thing you know what I mean yeah that's what's weird about it too then because it's like the agents are already the the big threat you know which the only reason I could have by the agents and the twins I would have thought it it because the twin the twins are the right hand man of the Merovingian Merovingian? Yeah. So that That's the thing, right? That's why he sent them to... Yeah. Oh, can we talk about... Here's the thing. I talked about how offensive the Merovingian is to the people of France, which I still believe, and I may not agree, but worst tie I've ever seen. Like, the tie knot, I hated it. Like, I saw the tie knot, and I think that's what sparked it for me, where I was like, this is just rude. But Cody, it's because he's French awful i know there's like a billion different ways to tie a tie and we only use like two of them but that's a bad one you shouldn't use that one how dare you sir i'm trying to find him and it has ordered the cast in a very weird way and i don't like oh it's okay it's by lesson gotcha Mm. okay nailed it i got i figured it out now but it's like if you're gonna order it that way let me change the way it's ordered you know what i mean Mm mm-hmm because it's like, I don't know the guy's name. That's why I'm in this list. Uh-huh. So don't order it by his last name. Oh, yeah. Okay. First off, Cody, he is French. So how dare you? Second off, I'm look. I'm trying to look at this picture. It, it looks just like a black nothingness. I can't see his tie in the picture. It's the one with a red tie. Maybe is it in the next movie? Maybe it's in the maybe it's in it's the in next, next movie. movie. This one he's wearing a black tie with like a black oh, suit, so, so it's just black. Spoilers from Matrix Revolutions. There's a terrible tie knot. What? This movie this movie ends with saying to be concluded. I think that's a lie because there's two movies after it. True. It's true. You got them. Well, dirty liars. I think we should demand our money back from the Wachowskis. I think we should. Take this straight to the FBI. Have the FBI investigate I think it. They will offer to settle for two point five billion. I think we should go for more. You know, I think we should throw that back in their face as it's really worth more to me. Oh yeah. Oh, man, I but don't know. I, I I know you liked it. I didn't like it. I didn't like this movie. Just kind of drug for, dragged for me. You know, it's I, hard. I get it that it's hard, right? Because the first movie is like, oh, it's him becoming the one. Now that he's the one. How did he go up from there? So it's yeah. like they kind of try to walk it back where they're like, no, 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 it's not it's not just the Matrix in real life. It's this whole other thing. Like being the one doesn't mean anything, but it's about like, oh, can he can he still save the world? I don't know. I guess it's just weird. Because the Matrix is already a little heady, but like I feel like it's comprehensible. And then this one, they're like, okay, we got to, 
we got to make it, you know, it's just, it feels like one of those things. It's like one of those gotchas where it's like, no, he's not really the one. Which is just like disappointing because you're like, yeah, but he, but he is the one. one. And he is cool. But the but one doesn't is. mean anything. It's just but the it. remainder and the equation of the matrix, you know? But the one means everything. Just the loose change. So I feel like that's kind of the difference between me and people who like the movie and the people like yourself that don't like Is to me, it feels like he, it does. It's like the whole system relies on him making this one choice. And if he chooses to say, okay, I will rejoin with the matrix, basically, mm-hmm. that spat me out as a, like, like you said, the remainder of an equation. Yeah. And then I'll go and I will be what everyone remembers as the original one, even though I'm mm. the sixth. And uh, so then I'll pick the people that will get released and restart Zion and the whole cycle will start over again. Mm-hmm. Which I feel like is one of those things where it's like, <laughs> because they say like, oh, there's 250,000 sentinels and then morpheus is like one for every man woman and child in zion which every single time i'm always like without the neo without them being like oh this has happened five times before you so we know exactly how many people there are we know exactly where zion is we know exactly how to get into it we're very efficient at it nobody's sitting there like how do they know how many people are in the city (laughs) like nobody asked that question which i find very unrealistic I'm like, wait a second. Who told them there are 250,000 people in the city? Right. And uh, it's question. almost like, what? But I, I like the the explanation because it's one of those things where it's like the machines have ultimate power and control over the simulation, right? They make the simulation. They can monitor the simulation. Why in the world do they allow these people to come in and out of it and like free people from it if they control it? In every way. Like, Mm. it's kind of like if you, (laughs) it's kind of like if like three dudes broke into your house every night and just like (laughs) messed stuff up. Yeah. And you watched them and you could literally watch them come in and out. You knew when your door opened because you got like the locks and everything. Like, you know when they're coming in and out. But But you just let them. That's the thing that's weird. It's like, that's the power of them being hackers. You know, you're like, Right? Like, I feel like when you say, like, I just let you hack me, like, not a big deal. I don't know. That's what's weird. Because the whole thing is, like, oh, the Matrix is just another system of control. Like, we're fighting against the Matrix and the machines when really the Matrix doesn't even matter. Yeah. Because you can't like, make the, save the day through the Matrix. I don't know, man. It just, that's what I'm saying. It went from something comprehensible and, like, small in scale to, like, no, it's the whole. I just, I feel like something was lost when it's, like, no, we're making it. This is the, what the war is about. But I like that it is Because I guess like, I don't even fully yeah. understand what the war is about anymore, you know? Well, so, okay, so the whole thing, because, like, the architect explains, it's like the whole thing is that they made the Matrix the first time, and it was, you know, no one ever got sick, everyone was happy, everything was perfect, and people rejected it. They're like, something's up here. And they lost, like you said, they lost entire crops, Cody. So they had to make... They had to give people like a subconscious choice, which goes with the, you know, only certain people get like where they talk. They mentioned several times like they don't free people. They just like give people the tools to free themselves because you can't rip someone out of the matrix. They have to choose to leave the matrix. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's I like, you know, it's like the architect explained like, yeah, fine, whatever. But eventually, like, that number grows and grows exponentially, you know, until it becomes a problem. So they've found, Mm -hmm. like, this is the point where we need to reset it. (coughs) So I just, I like that the stakes and what was going on at that focused in, like, that doesn't change. Where I feel like a lot of times when they zoom out, it's like, oh, this little thing you were doing is dumb and nothing it's like they zoomed out to be like, this is what's all going on, but it's still kind of fo- like it's still dependent on this small group of people doing the same mm-hmm. thing they've been doing. That's what's, that's what's weird about the, the Matrix one is like, hey, you're not really here. This is the Matrix. And it's how does Neo become the one by saying, oh, I understand that and I can manipulate it. And this one, I feel like they're saying, 
yeah, there's no such thing as choice. But you don't is. make any choices. We're controlling you, you know? I would say for the other ones, the other ones, they, you know, they made the choice to rejoin he's the Matrix be, you're to saying perpetuate the cycle. He's going to be the oneiest of all the ones. I'm saying he, the whole thing is like the one is the one making the choice. So they had to give the, they had to give people the choice to leave or stay in the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And without that final choice of right or left door, the matrix doesn't work. Somebody has to make, somebody has to have a completely free of control um, choice. And that's him. So that's like, that's what I like about it is that it's like, if this all comes down to you, man, like if you choose this way, everything breaks down. Like the whole system comes apart. Like, it's all dependent on you choosing to keep it going. Mm-hmm. Do you say, like, okay, well, this gives people the choice to be free. Even though all these people are going to die, the cycle of people being free will stay. Mm. You know? Yeah. So, I liked it. Because I feel like it just expounds on, like, it just showcase, like shows, okay, there's the one. He is the one. This is what the one does. And then the final thing is him doing that you know yeah and because that's you know we'll get into it when we do the next episode but mm-hmm. you know it shows like this is different you know yeah and this is something like even they kind of reference like there's the architect and the oracle and they're both the kind of yin and yang to each other one mm-hmm. is like i'm all focused on numbers and human emotion and choice doesn't really factor into that. Whereas the Oracle is like choice is all the Oracle cares about and people make choices and why they make choices and all that. So, and I think, is it in this one where she's like, he can't understand because it's all just numbers to him. He's incapable of understanding these choices. Mm, So that's why she has to exist. She understands the choices. So it seems it it feels like she's been working towards this every time and he's working mm-hmm. against it. Right. <sighs> it's a lot. I guess I just wish to focus more on that. And this this really does go to the next one versus and resolving that versus being like, all right, it's a war epic. Yeah. You know? We'll talk I guess we'll talk more about it in, the, in the next episode. I do have a few mm-hmm. more fun facts about okay. this movie though. Gimme, gimme. Um, GM donated 300 cars to this movie, which Ooh. they wrecked. They wrecked all 300 of them. So nice. They did a lot with that. Sean Connery uh, turned down the role of the architect. It was, he didn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> so if you listen to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen commentary, he mentions, he talks about that a little bit. So that's fun. Jet Lee was offered the role of Seraph. Um, and he was like, I'll do it if you pay me as much as Keanu. And they were like, I don't know if we can make that work. So didn't pan out. Uh, Keanu offered to give up his stake in the ticket proceeds, which in the end worked out to $28 million. He's like, hey, I'll even cut that because they were worried about not being able to pay for all the effects. He's like, hey, I'll sacrifice my payday, you know, or at least that portion of my payday to keep the effects on track. So what a good dude. We love him. We love a, we love a good Keanu story. Oh, yeah. They were really worried. There was like such high demand for the promo materials for this. They were worried about people stealing them. So when they shipped out a lot of the promo stuff, like theaters and things like that and stores, it was labeled as Caddyshack 2 or the replacements to throw people off the trail. And I guess there were a lot of theaters that didn't get that. They were like, hey, you sent us the wrong stuff. <laughs> and so like a lot of the promotional materials didn't get put up to like right when the movie came out because people were like, what did you send us? Like I didn't, I don't need all this stuff for Caddyshack 2. It's just funny, too, because isn't Keanu Reeves in The Replacements? So it's like a whole other, whole other thing. So kind of fun. But it's just like wild. I think the freeway scene they worked on for like three whole months. Like just crazy how much time they spent doing the stunts. Which I get it, but it's just weird that it's like, oh, it came out four years after The Matrix, two movies. And also they shot them back to back, so they didn't like shoot them at the same time. I don't know. It's just kind of a weird approach to me of how they made the movie. But they did make them, and they did make a lot of money. I know Matrix 2 made even more than Matrix 1, and it held the record for highest-grossing art movie for a while until Passion of the Christ. So, I mean, you know, 
It did make the money. It did make money. You are right. I just, I don't know. I wasn't as invested in it. And uh, maybe part of that too is just because the journey of the first movie is like, such a cool, like, mind-blowing experience, you know, where it's just like, oh, it's such a cool twist, such a cool idea. Whereas these expounding on the idea, just they don't have the same effect on me, you know? Like, it didn't didn't have that same oomph, I guess, is where I'm at. The inspiration for the morphine effect of the twins was jellyfish. Jellyfish, yeah. Sure, you know. Uh, Samsung made 10,000 phones like the one they see in the movie that goes think you know oh yeah and they sold out so very cool. quickly bet they did um, just, the jellyfish thing is what I was like what like, I oh, guess yeah. I see it you know doesn't really explain them as characters very well but not, not, considering not. they like tee it up like oh you know like oh these guys are like the inspiration for werewolf legends you know Mm-hmm. And then it's like these guys. It's like, what the heck are they supposed to be? Yeah. You made it out like all of his henchmen are going to be like mythical creatures. And then they didn't. The only payoff for that, this kills me every time. The only payoff is she kills the guy with silver bullets. And then nobody else like hasn't, nobody else, like nobody else even has like a vampire fang <laughs> or yeah. any other kind of power other than these dudes. And it's like, what kind of mythical creature are they supposed to be? <laughs> Ghosts, but she's like, I don't know, man. <laughs> like, if you're gonna set that up, make it be like, oh, those guys are werewolves, these guys are vampires, those guys are something else, you know, like, it's kind heck? of a weird crossover to like focus on. Like, they either needed to pay more attention to that, or it should have just been like sort of like a passing comment, you know, like, and that yeah. weird middle ground where like we, we kind of started on this train of thought and then just abandoned it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have much else to say about the movie. I'm sorry we disagree. I really did not enjoy it much <laughs> like, for how much I enjoyed the first one. If I'm going to give it a grade, I'd give it like a C minus. <laughs> I, like, I just wasn't invested in the fights and they felt like long and it was just like, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I... I like the movies because I think they're better than people make them out to be. But I also like it very clearly does feel like the first one was a passion project. This one's a money grab, you know? Right. That's what it feels like. But it feels like it's from the same people that wrote a continuation of the story. Mm-hmm. But it is like, I think if this one, if they had come and been like, okay, you have, an, we'll give you another $80 million or whatever the budget of the first one was. Mm-hmm. I think this one would have come out better had they been mm. kind of in the same situation as like, you know, with the small budget and the smaller team. Some, sometimes the constraints can be really good for creativity. Yeah. Yeah. But I know like a lot of that money went to big scenes like the chase scene, which the fighting of it was cool, but, but most of it just felt like they were driving. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, it just kind of feels like you're just kind of driving. And there's other, like, cars are chasing you. And then randomly every few minutes, oh, no, it's a gigantic wreck, which feels like that's, like, the end of the chase scene. And then the chase scene keeps going. And then there's another gigantic wreck, and then it keeps going. Yeah. So I'm like, that, I would say oh, the chase scene is the weakest part of the movie for me. Do love the key master, though. Loved, <laughs> loved his little run. Just like a cute old man, like a cute old grandpa with his keys and. Love yeah. it. Sad to see him go. Gonna miss that guy. <laughs> he's like, so what he? <laughs> he opens the door. He's like, he's like, I'm new. I know. I'm the key maker. <laughs> like, it sounds like he's out of breath. I'm like, what have you been doing in here, man? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are you doing in this room oh, all by man. yourself? Uh, what would you give it? Hit me. I think I'd give it a. Ooh, um, I'm, I flop between a B minus and a C plus. And I think part part of it is like 
if I were to review this one and the next one, if they were one movie, I would rate it higher. Like I would give it like a, mm. a B plus or you know something. But it's just this one. I'll say uh, I'll give it a C plus. C plus. Hmm. All right. There it is. Matrix yeah. Reloaded. Thanks for listening. You can find us, share us, and review us wherever you find your podcasts. You can engage with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Opinion Havers, and behold your eyes upon our memes. Thank you for listening. Until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. The architect does look like a Sean Connery knockoff. Like, now that I know they were going for Sean Connery, you're like, no, that makes 100% sense. <laughs> he always strikes me as the, the, he always looks like a knockoff of the guy that plays the president in Hunger Games. Yeah. That's what he always yeah. looks like to me. How many roles has he cashed in on because he looks like those two guys? Like Sean Connery oh. and I forget the guy's name. The actor, oh, yeah. the Hunger Games guy. So many. Oh. Probably all of his roles. Oh, definitely. I'm sure he just shows up and says, I am Sean Connery. And they believe him, you know? Mm-hmm.